Hi, and welcome to Renton Christian Center's recorded ministries. As members of the body of Christ, we offer love and encouragement to everyone. As Pastor Alex leads us through God's Word, we hope you will be lifted and filled with joy as we open our hearts and minds to the love of Jesus and the hope He gives us all. Now here's Pastor Alex. Well, hallelujah. I am, I am just so humbled by what God has done just for the fact that He surrounded me personally with the friends and the family and the ministers that God has brought here, the members of RCC, and doubly humbled that he has seen fit to join our two churches, Word of Life, together, RCC and, and WOL. What a combo. It humbles me because, um, like Adrian said, I, I know my flaws so well, and and yet God has chosen to use the what would you call us? We're the, um, yeah, the weak of the world to shame the wise and the, the not so smart to shame the brilliant. Because that's the kind of God he is. He can do miraculous things through very imperfect people. And now that we've got double the family to be imperfect together with, what a joy. It's like, wow, God can really do something great. So thanks, Word of Life, for being here sharing our time. I'd like to introduce Pastor Stepan. He is a, a brother who has been pastoring this church for many, many years, and uh, he immigrated from um, Ukraine. It is Ukraine. I say it's not Ukraine. Yes, it is Ukraine. It is, but I'm not going to tell any more of his story. I just want to say, brother, we are so glad you're here. Would you come and share God's word with us? Thank you, Pastor Alex. Для мене і для нас усіх, як тобі краще на українській чи на російській мові? Як удобно. Окей, окей. You know, it, uh, ми, ми говоримо на двох язиках, на українському і на русському. You know, we have і, two languages, we do Ukrainian and Russian. І для нього, мабуть, краще буде на русському. Для, для мене це завжди... І я думаю, для всіх нас сьогодні це велика привілегія. І честь. Бути вместе в одному служенні. Іметь це общення. І цю радість. І втішення. Котрий Бог дав нам Ісусі Христі. І зробив нас одною сім'єю. Я благодарен вам, що ми маємо цю можливість бути в такому прекрасному зданні. I am so grateful to you that we have such an opportunity to be in this wonderful building. Тому коли прийшло, ну, ваш би, пропозиція від вас, що ви хочете зробити ремонт. Because when the proposition came from you guys to do the remodeling, ми це зробили без всякого колебання, немножко допомогли вам. We had no doubt about us wanting to help you guys. And we had a time in our country where I used to live when we couldn't have church buildings. And we used to gather at people's homes. And could you imagine if you take this building and you divide it into three parts? 
150-200 человек. And in one of these parts you try to fit in 150 people. Это так очень часто было. It was very often like this. И я помню, был такой случай, когда собравшись в доме. And I remember one instance when we were gathered in a home. И у нас есть такой гимн «Есть место есть, о поспеши войти». And we have this hymn in Ukrainian words um, «Yes, there is room, please hurry, there is room». Имеется в виду спасение. And it's talking about salvation. И когда пришли власти, и они хотели разогнать этот митинг. And when um, the authorities came, they wanted to just shatter this meeting. И они говорят, мы не можем понять этого. And they just could not understand как это они поют, что есть место, если там вообще нету места. Я хочу небольшой месседж сказать. Когда был процесс и здесь шел ремонт, и как-то мы с моей женой, Эмили, And we, me and my wife, Emily, were talking. Yeah, we came in and Pastor Pam was here. And we already started seeing the beginnings of the remodel. And we said, wow. And she said something very interesting. Она сказала, это не главное, что здесь, главное, что здесь. И это очень важный момент. И я хотел бы несколько слов сказать по отношению к этому. Дело в том, что это не то, что мы не знаем. Это то, насколько мы растворили это верою. It's how much have we taken what we do know and have dissolved it in our faith. Because the scriptures say when people heard the word of God and they didn't apply it in faith it didn't bring forth any fruit. And I would like to just read this passage. Один и второй стих. In Hebrews 4. Посему будем опасаться, чтобы когда еще есть, остается обетование войти в покой Его, не оказался кто из нас опоздавший. Verses 1 and 2. Ибо и нам оно возвещено, как и тем, но не принесло им пользы слово слышанное, нерастворенное верою слышавших. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. And it says, let us be careful that we do not um, be left behind in the promises that we'd be able to enter his rest because there were other people who they did not enter because they did not take his words by faith. Soon we're going to be celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. И, я, и это очень uh, важный, важный uh, день для нас всех христиан. И весь мир, и весь христианский мир будет, будет говорить. 
И они будут приводить место Писания. Когда она в Вифлеемских полях пришел ангел Господний. И они возвестили. И они сказали, слава Вышних Богу. На земле мир. А в человеке благоволение. И это месседж. Это слово пророческое. Оно определило сегодняшнюю нашу эпоху, наше время, в которое мы живем. Для этого времени. Потому что Бог в Христе Иисусе примирил, дал возможность примирения человеку. И дал нам спасение. И я это знал, место Писания. И я знаю, что вы это знаете. И меня иногда стоит вопрос, я ловлю себя на той мысли. Если это так, so, почему я не, не радуюсь? Я знаю. Но когда я начинаю смотреть Писание и начинаю еще раз и еще раз повторять, вникать и верю, принимать его. Оно начинает влиять на мои эмоции. А потом оно начинает быть образом моей жизни. И вы знаете, что когда мы говорим о эмоциях, мы радуемся, да, или плачем. Emotions, joyful, когда мы говорим о нашей жизни, образе жизни, our life, our мы говорим о наших делах. И, и Яков говорит, says, что если мы имеем веру, faith, она обязательно будет проявлена в делах. И он говорит, покажи мне твою веру без дел. Says, а я покажу твою веру из дел. Потому что когда Слово Божие растворено верою в моем сердце, hearts, оно влияет на мои эмоции. И оно дает мне новый образ. Мое, оно дает Дела в моей жизни, проходят новые дела в моей жизни. Посему, слава Вышних Богу, а на земле мир. Я примирился с Богом. Вас это не радует? Меня это радует. Аллилуйя. Я... Я хочу сказать вам, like в нашем возрасте age, мы уже все больше думаем, а как мы будем встречаться с Богом. More more Когда мне было 20 лет, я об этом не думал так. 20, <laughs> Но я хочу вам сказать, like say, это очень серьезный вопрос. И я начал проверять мою жизнь. 
And it's supposed to affect my life. Я увидел. And I saw. Моих дел недостаточно, чтобы я ими оправдался. And I saw that my works were not enough to justify me. Но есть Иисус Господь. But there is Jesus Christ. Который взял мой грех. That took my sin. Который омыл нас кровью своей. Who washed us clean with His blood. И мы имеем смелость, дерзновение. And we have boldness. Потому что гнев Божий был на сыне его вместо нас. Because the wrath of God was poured out on His son. А в нем мы имеем примирение. And in Him we have reconciliation. Аллилуйя. Я хочу сказать молодым людям. Я хочу сказать молодым людям. I would like to speak to the young people now. Вы будете это очень хорошо помнить, когда будете подходить к финишу. You will remember this very well when you come to the finish of your life. Второе, что сказали ангел. The second thing that angel said. Человека в благоволении. Is goodwill towards man. Это то, что сегодня определяет нашу тоже эпоху. Это это фундаментальные вещи. This is something that's so fundamental in our era right now. С того дня, как Иисус пришел в мир. From the day that Jesus came to the earth. Бог больше не живет в храмах, построенных руками человека. Потому что Он благоволит в сердце человека. Жить в человеке. Этого никогда не было в истории. Это то, что было создано Иисусом Христом. И когда Он пришел однажды в Самарию, And when Jesus came once to Samaria, and he met a woman there at the well, and she was asking him, where should we worship God? You say we need to go to Jerusalem. Our fathers say we have to go to this hill. And Jesus told her, believe me. Бог ищет поклонников, которые бы поклонялись Ему в Духе и Истине. Аллилуйя! Друзья мои, если мы читаем Писание, то мы увидим, и я всегда спрашиваю, знаете ли вы, за что убили Стефана? Стефан имел откровение, что Бог не живет в храме человека и построен руками, что Он живет в сердце человека. И я говорю, что я бы больше удивился, если бы его не убили. Потому что он стоял в храме. И он говорил это здание. Первосвященник. Священники. Время ушло. Это уже не работает. Он шел против них. Против течения. И они прекрасно понимали, что он говорил. Они закрывали свои уши. Чтобы не слышать. Они говорят, какое богохульство. Бог заплатил цену, чтобы мы имели это откровение. 
Слава Ему. Если вы придете, ну, мы воспитывались в православной культуре. И если вы войдете в православный храм, то здание, которое они называют храмом, и вы увидите, и будете очень удивлены, оно построено на образ или на подобие Иерусалимского храма. Они одели людей в священнической одежде. They clothe people in these robes of the priests. And they take it that Jesus said, well, not in Jerusalem. And they lost this revelation. It was stolen. It's very interesting. Um, in the Protestant world, он сказал, а мы как на горе. А мы как на горе будем поклоняться. Be like hill, Я вам хочу сказать, like you, если то, что здесь на этой сцене происходит, это последствия того, что есть внутри нас. Building, если это не есть то, что внутри нас, Тогда это форма. И я хочу вам сказать, like say, я знаю, что вы это знаете. You know Мой вопрос, какую пользу это вам дает? Is, Когда вы в магазине, это храм для вас? Store, Когда вы в машине, это храм для вас? Are you in the temple? Когда вы едете на работу, это храм для вас. When you're driving to work, are you in the temple? Когда вы дома работаете, это это всегда есть то, что есть во мне. Это Божий дом. It's because it's what's always within me. This is the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. This is God's. И мне не надо идти в Иерусалим. And we don't need to go to Jerusalem. И мне не надо здание. And I don't need a building. И мне не надо. Я я прихожу и это. То, что я всегда имею, и я всегда радуюсь. Слава Ему. Когда Иерусалимский храм был построен, built, и вы знаете, когда было все принесено, и жертвоприношение, и одели, и построили и поставили все на свое место Что случилось? Кто Огонь от Господа сошел на храм, на жертву. Когда Иисус создал церковь свою, этот храм, в день Пятидесятницы. Pentecost, что случилось? Огонь сошел. Это эпоха. Аллилуйя. Но мой вопрос не то, что вы не знаете. Not, you know? Насколько это растворено верою? 
is what you know dissolved by your faith. Если это не растворено верою, if it is not dissolved by in faith, в этом нет никакой пользы. There is no power in that knowledge. Слава Богу. Praise God. Который открыл наши глаза. Praise God who opened our eyes. Наше сердце. Our hearts. Наш разум. Our minds. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Это то, что мы осознаем. This what we realize. Потом это наши переходит в наши эмоции. It comes and it affects our emotions. И потом переходит в образ нашей жизни. And then it comes and it changes our lifestyle. И куда мы не ходим, мы говорим Аллилуйя. And wherever we go, we will proclaim Hallelujah. Потому что Бог внутри нас. Because God lives within us. Селюсь в них. It says He will come and make His dwelling I will walk with you. И буду их Богом. And I will be their God. Они будут моим народом. And they will be my people. Аллилуйя. Аминь. Amen. I like that. I like that. Uh phrase dissolved the word of God dissolved in faith that is a very powerful image for me because um, apart from faith there's no way we can please God right and uh, when you mentioned the day of Pentecost pastor it reminded me of a time when the nations came together once long before it was on the Tower of Babel and God said you know what you guys are so full of yourselves, you think you can build a temple to heaven, so I'm going to divide you by your languages. And it was on the day of Pentecost that God said, okay, that epoch is over, like you said. And on the day of Pentecost, they all came together, one people, every tongue, every tribe, every language on earth, all members of one church. Is that awesome or what? That's what God is doing here today, and we get to taste part of that. It is so, so thrilling to me. Well, there are a lot of ways to describe the Christian growth process. And um, you've probably got several things you've learned, you've taught, you've memorized. Um, but I just want to give you one more. There's a, another way to look at what it's like to be a, an outsider, someone who doesn't know Jesus, all the way to the point of being a mature, active, involved, engaged Christian. And the reason I want to talk about this process is because You and I have to be rooted deeply into Christ if we're going to survive this culture, this world. Pastor, you mentioned the fact that we're going against the flow. And there is even going to be more opposition for believers in the coming days. I just believe that. I know that to be true. The Bible promised. So we've got to be people who are deeply rooted in Christ so that we're not shaken, so that we're not uprooted, or that we're not burnt by the heat of persecution, but that we stay strong and flourish as plants. Right? Wouldn't you say? So what we want to do is just take a look at, okay, what has God done so far? Just a quick overview. We were all at one point outside the kingdom. We were complacent. We couldn't respond to God because the Holy Spirit was not living in us, so it was impossible. So we're just going on our merry way. There are some really evil people going their merry way, some really good people. But we were all going our merry way apart from God. And then once we're born again, we suddenly have this hunger for Jesus because he puts it in our hearts to hunger and thirst for him and for truth and for his word and for an experience of the reality. We become consumers, not the... Not the kind of Christian consumer where all they think about is money and prosperity and success and all that. And just all they want to do is take, take, take. But no, it's that 
brand new born again child of God who recognizes there is a God. He is my best friend. He is my father. I have a savior and I've been born into this brand new kingdom and I don't know a thing about it. So we become hungry for the word of God and I hope you've been in that phase already or you're constantly in it as you grow. Once we become hungry for Jesus and kind of get ourselves situated in what it means to be born again, then we recognize, wait a minute, it can't always be vertical, just me and Jesus, me and Jesus. It's right to do that for a season because you need to reorient your entire world. But once we get strong in him, we've got to recognize, wait, I'm part of a family. It's not just me, baby. It's, it's all of us together. We've got to figure out how God wants to weave our lives together. And then once we become connected with the body, then suddenly we recognize, hey, as an army, we can be committed to really changing, really rocking our world. If we will do things together, we are better together than we ever were as one at a time. And then once we begin to see what God can do through a committed team, a committed family, a committed army of people, suddenly we get excited about the fruit that we see him provide as a result and suddenly we can't stop it we can't help ourselves we just we're compelled from the inside out that's who i want to be till i die i want to be a fearless world changer okay so we just say that's, a, that's kind of a an adequate description of the growth process i want to end up compelled for life and i don't care how old i get or how broken down my body gets i want to be compelled inside out to change the world so I want to talk about the second phase. We, we talked last week about moving from complacent to consumer. Let's talk about moving from being a consumer to being connected with one another. And I think it's a fitting Sunday. It was just the Lord that happened to bring this message on this Sunday when we're together. So God is pretty smart. There are several phrases in this passage in Ephesians chapter 3 that talk about being connected. See if you can pick them out. Okay, I'm going to read... A few verses from here, and uh, beginning in verse 14. Here's Paul talking. See if you can see the references to being together, okay? For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Did you notice some phrases in there? That you, together with all of God's people would come to understand the fullness of his love. That we don't get revelation simply solo with Jesus by ourselves. We get revelation, a complete full revelation, when we learn together, when we grow together. He said at the very beginning of this phrase, I love this. He goes, I kneel before the Father. Look at that. From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. What does that mean? Yeah, we're, we're all one people. Basically, we've got one set of parents, Adam and Eve. And we're all related, at least in terms of a creation standpoint. And so we actually have this DNA that, that says every single man, woman, and child that's ever lived is part of one family. And God wants to return to that one family. That's what he did when he sent Jesus. 
So there's a whole lot of togetherness in this little passage. And I want to just take a look at, at three highlights. Number one, God's original intent when it comes to being connected with other believers. His original intent was that we have perfect harmony. God wanted to restore harmony with our maker. That was the first thing he did. He wanted to restore harmony with ourselves. You know that there are a lot of really disconnected people. They kind of have a view of the world that goes this way, but their behavior of the world goes that way, and they're, they're disconnected. People, we, we tend to like to blame other people for our behavior sometimes. Oh, my parents were bad parents. That's why I act this way. You know, or so-and-so was mad at me, so I returned the favor. And uh, what Jesus does is he restores us to ourselves so that we have integrity, oneness, inside, outside, behavior, belief system is all one. The word of God is dissolved by faith. And that harmony is also extended to the earth. You know that Adam and Eve were actually great environmentalists. They were perfect. I mean, they, they, they understood how to steward God's creation so that there was no abuse of it. They weren't exploiting it. They didn't become greedy. They had a, a perfect balance in their managing of the earth. You know, it's still important to Jesus today. That we might be, you know, 21st century Western civilized people who know how to make lots of money, but we're still commanded by God to honor his creation. He loves it, and so should we. And then finally, he wants to restore harmony one with another. The fact that we're supposed to depend on each other. When I first became a Christian, I was 21 years old, and um, I was living in California, and I, I tried a couple little churches. Um, before I actually got plugged in anywhere. And one of them was this tiny, tiny church. It was a four-square church in Huntington Beach. And uh, there were about four people in it on the Sunday morning service. There was the pastor, his wife, his son, and I think an elder. So I walk in the doors just kind of bright-eyed and bushy. I've been consuming Jesus, and I'm thrilled to be saved. And I can't wait to get together with other people who are thrilled to be saved. Well, they were precious Wonderful, God-loving people. But I had to tell you, I couldn't relate to them. They were just kind of in a different culture. They're kind of of the old-school Pentecostal culture. Not to say there's anything impure about their hearts, but their style of worship was just, I don't know, being kind of a cool dude surfer, you know, into James Taylor. They were just kind of on another planet. So there, there was nothing wrong with them, but I just couldn't relate. But, but here's what the Lord said to me. He said, Alex... I've commanded you to be connected. with These are your brothers and sisters. You had better not get all snotty about it and act like you're something and they're not. You learn to just get together and love these people. Well, I didn't end up staying at that church. I decided, well, let's go to the other end of the spectrum. So I went to Calvary Chapel. You know, Chuck Smith, and there's just thousands of teenagers that got saved out of the drug culture and huge revival. And I remember they had already built their building. The tent, was, tent phase was over. They had a building now and... Every Friday night, kids all over the county were coming. Well, the first night I went there, it was a Friday night, and uh, I was at the very back, went by myself, and in front of me, they started worshiping. In front of me, there must have been a line of, I don't know, 16, 13-year-old girls. And worship begins to happen, and they just go bonkers. I mean, you can you, know, you, can you imagine an on-fire 13-year-old girl who is this, almost worshiping the musicians because they were long-haired Christian hippies now saved and just rocking out this. I mean, it was like a concert, you know. And these girls just went nuts. I'm going, I'm 21. That's, 
That's just not the way I want to behave. I just, and the Lord said the same thing. Alex, this is your family. You'd better get used to it. But you just get off your high horse and humble yourself and learn to love one another. So I, I had a real kind of spanking at the moment. And, and it was real, uh, really evident to me that this was not optional. And can I just say today, being connected with each other is not optional. We don't get to pick our family. You can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. Guess what? You're stuck with each other. <laughs> Yahoo, right on. And you know that iron sharpens iron. That's what makes us more like Jesus, right? So let me ask you this. Okay, if perfect harmony was God's original intent, and Jesus came to restore that harmony with himself, with ourselves, the earth, and one another, then let's go back a step. What was the reason for the fall? Sin. Yeah, it was sin. Do you know what the origin of sin is? Not, not the source like the devil, but do you know what sin essentially consists of? Look at this word. Independence. You see, Adam and Eve made a decision to live independent of God. That's what produced the disobedience. They thought in their brains, we are so smart, we are so gifted. Look at us, plus we're cute. We've got muscles and everything. We're just amazing creatures. We can probably do this by ourselves. Independence is what started the whole downward spiral away from God. And so if that is man's major problem, what should be our strong response? Connection. We need to get back together. Now, our penchant today is still to live independently of one another. And so man who isn't saved, those who don't know Jesus, are still alienated from God. You know, you want to be independent from me, the Lord says, go for it. Have fun. See what happens. Enjoy. Hopefully, we knock our heads on the wall enough times to know we need help. But alienation from God also, um, you know, we are alienated from the environment. That's why there's so much greed and exploitation of resources, and there's not good management all the time. Some companies do a good job, but a lot of us don't. We just get all the gold and the silver and the oil we can and run away with an armload of money and heck with the environment. That doesn't honor God. Alienation from ourselves, alienation from each other. So if independence is the problem, is our enemy, then um, how would you describe the solution? Let's take a look. We were created to be, I'm going to add a word to that, interdependent. Not Independent, where, hey man, I got this. I can do this by myself. Do you know anybody who's kind of got an independent streak? Raise your hand if you know somebody like that. Could be yourself included, yeah. Okay. We all do to some degree. That's not what Jesus came for. We're going to be strong in some areas, we're going to be weak in some areas, and humility is just acknowledging both are true. My strengths are a gift from God, my weaknesses are my problem. I've got both. So it's, it's not that we be independent, and it's not that we be, have you heard this word, codependent? It's kind of a buzzword back in the 80s and 90s. A lot of counseling and psychology was going on, especially among Christians. Codependence means you're my help and you're my problem. It's not me. It's you. I can only be happy if you perform a certain way, and the reason I'm not happy is because you're not living up to my expectations. I'm codependent on you to make my life full and complete. Do you know anybody like that? They're kind of just overly, overly 
needy and grabby and just always. Or, or maybe you're the one who's on the other end. You're the enabler. Do you know any enablers? You just, got, you just can't stand when someone's hurting, so you always swoop in and fix it for them. That's codependence. That's not God's plan. God's plan is interdependence. I have strength, so I would love to serve you in my strengths. Because I know that's not your forte. But I also have some weaknesses, and I, I need your help here. I'm not ever good at this. In fact, I don't even like this. Would you please help me? Interdependence, the connection that God has called us to, is one of the most powerful and beautiful things that the world can see. When they see humility, strength, and need, and honesty in relationships, one with another, husband and wife, parents and kids, kids and parents, friends and neighbors, that's when I think they see love in actuality. It's like our faith is being demonstrated by our works. It's not just an idea, not just a sermon. So I hear the Lord calling us to take another look at our interdependence level. How am I doing? How am I doing there? How, when I have a need, do I, am I willing to humble myself and ask for help? When I see someone else struggling, am I willing to just offer my time? Because I'm actually pretty good at that. It's God's grace, but I'm, I've got time and energy to serve you. That connection is what's going to make us strong. That's part of the roots going down deep in your tree and in mine so that we bear much fruit. There's this vertical, I need all of Jesus I can get. I want to consume him, but I need each other as well. We need each other. Paul said in Ephesians, every family in heaven and on earth derives its name from one creator, one God. As born-again Christians, that's been restored. We can come back one nation under God. And we're being rooted and established in love. And when we do this together, by the way, he didn't say be rooted and established in wisdom, although wisdom is important. He didn't say be rooted and established in faith. Faith is definitely important. He said be rooted and established in what? Love. I think you have to have other people involved if you're going to be established in love, right? Then finally, together with all the Lord's holy people, we will discover the height, the depth, the breadth, and the width we will know the love of God. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for a chance to taste and see how good you are, to taste and see a little bit of the kingdom of heaven right here and right now. And Lord, for those of us who are a little concerned about the depth of our roots, or a little concerned about the fact that we haven't really dissolved your word by faith, and put it into practice. Or would you just right now identify us? So we go, that's me. I, I would just be able to acknowledge, yep, that's me. I, I'm too independent. It's all about my words, and I'm not following with my deeds. Lord, I, that's me. So, Father, we pray right now that, A, you forgive us, and instantly we receive the cleansing by the blood of Jesus. And second, Father, we ask for strength. Holy Spirit, empower us to acknowledge when those moments come when we should actually offer help or we should ask for help so that we can begin to experience and taste your kingdom here on earth. Let your kingdom come, Lord. Let your will be done in us as it is in heaven. And we thank you, Lord God, that we may not see it in the moment, but at the end of time, we'll be able to look back and say, wow, the Lord actually used us
to accomplish his eternal will on earth. We look forward to those days in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's, let's just kind of love on each other, get to know each other, and enjoy the fellowship of the saints of God. All right? God bless you. Thanks, Alex. And thank you, Lord, for your unconditional love. Perhaps you know someone who is in need of this message as well. Sharing these recorded teachings with a friend will always bring joy to Jesus. And more importantly, it will bring joy to them. Well, until next time, may God bless and keep you. Here's Pastor Kevin. Do you ever have thoughts about your purpose in life? Have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? Or maybe you walked away and it's time to come home. You know, really our walk with God is about a personal relationship with Him. That's what He wants. I believe that's what we want. I encourage you to take a few moments and allow this message to sink in. Allow His Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. You know, the Bible says that if we draw close to Him, that He will draw close to us. So do that today. God bless.